0: Pastor Tim Keane pastored here from 1972 to 78, a few years before most of you were born. But uh, <laughs> uh, we want to honor him and thank him for coming here to visit us. Uh, he just retired from ministry as of July 1st, right? right. And uh, one of the most amazing stories, he left here... Um, was not feeling particularly victorious, uh, ended up painting houses with a brother-in-law, met a young man that uh, his daughter showed interest in. Tim started working with the guy, uh, ended up baptizing his mom and, his, and him, and just developing relationship. Well, that young man became his son-in-law. Many years later, the son-in-law invited him to come work with him. And for 17 and a half years... Uh, Tim served in the church with his son-in-law. Church was 2,400 when they got there. It's about 10,000 people now, so big deal. <laughs> yeah, it is. And uh, he he describes those years as being wonderful. I thought, what an awesome time uh, and awesome report of just the goodness of God that way. Come share with us as you will.
1: Did you turn on that
0: green light in the back there?
1: I think I'm hooked up. Fact, <laughs> You're good. I was hooked up and didn't know that it was on, so the voice you heard was mine. <laughs> I'm afraid I was interrupting some things. What a pleasure and a joy to be here to, to see you, to know of the people now involved in a church that I loved and uh, was a part of and uh, served in and... Saw a few things uh, that God did, and we rejoice in anything God did. It, if, it, if anything happened through me uh, that was good, that was God. If anything happened that wasn't good, that was me. <laughs> we are, we, God calls people, he calls the weak things of this world. And I apparently qualified. He takes us where we are, that he might use us for his glory. Isn't that good news? And that he might get the glory in using us as we are. And that's God. And so God has given me a wonderful wife. And for 52 years we've been married. I was in ministry to a degree uh, before. And then... uh, We've been in ministry since, and so we say it's about the same, about 52 years that we've been pastoring and serving and discipling and preaching the word. And so I'd like to share with you today from Psalm 1. How many of you think you might know that from memory? Oh, there's a few. Good for you that are doing memory work in in the scriptures because I'm talking about that today, and I didn't know you were going to have that emphasis. So that was really kind of fun to sit there and hear that. As I was thinking, good, the Lord has gone before in my mind to prepare. Uh, I would like to read the scriptures uh, in Psalm one, so that we might get it in our thoughts. Psalm one: Blessed is the person is that's uh, the word is ish in the Hebrew. It's a funny word for man or mankind. Blessed is the person who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. And when you Read Psalm 119, David uses that over and over again, oh, how I love thy law. Your statutes are my delight. Your guidance, and he uses all sorts of different words in Psalms 119. Psalms 119 has 176 verses, and there's 178 references to the Word of God. It's a tremendous portion of Scripture. I'd have to say every time I get to it, I get real happy. I just love that portion of Scripture. And uh, so, when he refers to the law, he's referring to the whole of God's Word. And in his law, he meditates, the, the blessed man meditates in the Word of God day and night. What's the result of that? He will be like a tree planted by streams of water. In other words, a healthy tree. That yields his fruit in his season, his leaf will not wither, and all he does, he prospers. How would you like that to be in your life? In everything he does, he prospers. Wow. But the wicked, I'll turn my own pages, thank you. The wind is getting to my Bible. The wicked are not so, but they are like the chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked shall not stand in the judgment, the judgment day, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous. He knows what's going on in his people. He's paying attention. But the way of the wicked shall perish. Now God sent Jesus to bless us. God wants you to be blessed. Sometimes some folks have inferred that if you'll if you'll give to their program, it'll multiply and you'll have a Cadillac. And uh, some of that is 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 sort of uh, an exaggeration of what prosperity means in the Bible, but God does want to bless you. He, God sent Jesus to bless us, first of all, by turning every one of us away from our iniquities because iniquity hurts us, gets us distracted from being successful, and so we need deliverance from victory, but once he's saved us and forgiven us and gotten us on a track to serve the Lord, And to learn his ways, he wants to pour out blessings. I love the little chorus, if he keeps on blessing and blessing, if he keeps on turning it on. (laughs) Well, it's quite a thought. God wants to bless you. Some people feel that their trials is God cursing them. They don't understand something. God does allow trial. But God wants to bless you through the trial support you through the trial. God sent Jesus to bless you. In another place it says, in Galatians, God made Jesus to be a curse for us. Since the word of God says, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham will rest on those that believe. God wants the blessing of Abraham on you. What is that? God said to Abraham, blessing I will bless you. Multiplying I will multiply you. In in your seed shall all the families of the earth be, be blessed and you will be a blessing. God wants to bless you so you'll overflow in wonderful blessings to other people. Now that's what we're called to. We're called to be blessed and to be a blessing. To be touched by God. To touch other lives for the glory of God. That gets exciting, doesn't it? Now, we need to understand that the blessing flows when we particularly don't do three things. That's the first part of this text. The first part of this text has to do with advice. How many of you get advice now and then from somebody? How many of you get good advice from somebody? Now, because there's quite a bit of difference in that. You know... The blessed person does not get advice from the ungodly. Now, how do you do that? It says here, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel, does not live out his life in the counsel or the advice. And remember the letter A, because I like to preach with alliterations. I'm assuming that helps you to memorize it. (laughs) And so, so... Blessed is the man that, that is able, by the Word of God, to discern bad counsel and avoid it. There's lots of people that give you counsel, such as, hey, you've got to live together to know whether it's going to be the kind of wife you want. That's worldly advice. And parents are giving that advice to their children sometimes. That's not godly advice. The picture in the Bible of God's advice is clear. That now if you did this, thanks be to God, that you can be cleansed and you become holy by the work of God in your life. But the best thing is to wait until marriage. That's what the Bible counsel is. The best counsel in the Bible is to give your life to Christ and confess your sins and make him Lord of your life. And there's people that are afraid of that, that that's going to make you some sort of a religious oddball. Well, yeah, we're kind of odd relative to the world. Good enough. What's normal? (laughs) You might say, I'm normal. (laughs) Well, God has defined what his norm is. There are norms that you don't want to be normal the way the world is normal. Hey, something's changed in you. You got religion. You're not normal anymore. The world will say to you. Any of you had somebody say something like that to you? You Boy, you don't. You're you've changed. You're a mess. You're religious. You're, man. You talk about God all the time. I don't even want to be around you anymore. So, folks. There's a norm that the world does not understand. I want to be in that norm, don't you? And you got to l- learn that there's advice you have to absolutely refuse. You have to say, no, God says this. This is what I believe, and I'm going to pattern my life after this portion of Scripture and these Scriptures that I've learned and that have become what I want to learn and memorize and think about all the time, and I want to live that way. Somebody say amen. Do you like that? I want, to, I want to find out good advice. I want my mind trained by the Word of God so that when I hear bad advice, no, thank you, I appreciate your, what you want, such as Hey, do you mean your guy, your husband treated you that way? He, he actually doesn't like your pork and beans? Dump the jerk. You'll get some advice like that sometimes. You know, it takes faith to love a man. <laughs> and it takes faith to love a woman. And I'll give you the verse that'll help you Colossians. No. Galatians 5 verse 6. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. It takes faith to express love. Sometimes you don't feel like it. And so by faith you say something sweet instead of something sour. That's good advice. And you need to choose good advice and you need to refuse the advice of the ungodly. The next thing is that you need to do something else, refuse to do something else. You need to, to avoid choosing a way of life of the sinners. Well, what's a sinner? I don't judge people. Well, you better start learning to judge righteous judgment. There is a righteous judgment that is not critical and nitpicking, but there is a judgment that makes good sense and makes good choices. The Bible teaches you, you you make a judgment. You say, son, brush your teeth. You didn't brush your teeth for how long? No, you better brush your teeth. They'll they'll go away on you. (laughs) You make a judgment. You make a judgment on healthy food. How many of you like to make judgments on good food that's good for you? And try to avoid eating foolishly. Well, that's a judgment. And folks, there's a way that seems right to a man, but the way is a way of death. And you've got you've to be careful not to go in the way of life that brings death. God says in Deuteronomy, I set before you life and death. Choose life. And you need to learn from the Bible the way of the Lord. When the, in the book of Acts, they they called people in the church and people of Christ, they called them people of the way. There's a way, and it's a good way. And we need to find that way and live in that way. If you want to be blessed, you need to find the way, not the way of the sinner. How do you tell sinners? Well, they do ugly and sinful stuff as a pattern of life. And the Bible teaches what sin is. We had some Christian psychologists down in, down in Springfield, and they went around saying this. I never talked to anybody about sin because there's nothing in the Bible that says what sin is. I wrote to that organization and had something to say, and the leader came to me, and they had later on a right spirit and repented of that statement. It is folly to say that you don't make a judgment about sin. The Bible talks about sin, sins of the flesh, the, the works of the flesh are these, Galatians chapter 5. The fruits of the Spirit are these. And we need to be square in our thinking and say, no, this is sin. Amen? That's not to beat up on anybody. It's not, we're not called into the world to condemn the world, but we're called to make righteous judgments about our lifestyle. Blessed is, blessed is the person that does not Listen to the advice of the ungodly or take on the approach of a sinful life, of sinners. Amen? Amen. Not to be unkind to them, not to be rude to people that are sinful, to do all we can to love them and bring them to Christ, but we need to discern what is sin and what is godly. Amen? Now, thirdly, the third thing you don't do is to sit And sit down and be comfortable with people that are nitpicky and unkind and critical of everybody else. They're scoffers. They scoff at God. They scoff at Christians. They make fun of people. They put them down. We're called to save and redeem and restore and love and help folks along. Amen? And so uh, with somebody, I'll tell you a story about uh, Oral Roberts. Oral Roberts went to a a gathering of pastors, and he sat down among the pastors for dinner, and a fine banquet was being served. And and the pastors got to talking about other pastors and criticizing everybody that they could think of. All of a sudden, uh, Oral Roberts got up, went out, stood over at the wall while everybody else ate. He didn't eat his meal. And they asked him later, why did you leave and why didn't you eat with us? He said, I've made it a practice not to sit for a long time with people that are unkind and critical of other people. You know what marked my life? I've asked the Lord to help me to be a builder. Amen? We used to sing a song, be a builder, not a knocker. You know, you can can come alongside and help people that are making mistakes. But it's better that we learn to say things that build. Seek to excel in edifying the church, the Bible says. Well, those are the three things. People with bad attitudes, don't make them your closest friends. The Bible says, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. So we don't, we don't. Go in, in, according to the advice of the wicked. We don't stand in the approach or move in the approach of the sinner, and nor do we, we if we're going to be blessed, we don't go sit in the seat of the scoffers, those with bad attitudes. Now, I don't suppose any of you have ever had a bad attitude, but I know when one gets a hold of me, and I know that I got to cry out to God to get my heart straight. So it's sweet and kind. Now, On the other hand, the person that is going to be blessed is a person who delights in the law of God, that delights in the law of God. Jesus said not one jot or tittle of the law is to be taken away. The law doesn't save, but the law is what the new birth of Jesus Christ in us is called to make us higher than the law. For example, the Bible says in the Old Testament, do not commit adultery. In the New Testament, it says, get your mind pure. Right? Don't look on a woman to lust after her. You've committed adultery in your heart. And so which is the higher law? The, the Old Testament law, which don't commit adultery, or dealing with the heart and the mind for, to get the heart and mind pure. The law of God Let's get, let's get something kind of figured out here. What is the word law come from in the Hebrew? I knew a little Hebrew. He moved away. Um, it's a bad joke, but I keep telling it. <laughs> but in the Hebrew, the word law, the word that is translated over and over again as law, is from the word Torah. How many of you have heard the word Torah? The first five books of the Bible are called the Torah. The Jewish people today expand the whole of the Old Testament to call it the Torah. What does the word Torah mean? If you look it up in a lexicon or you look it up in a, a, a Strong's Concordance, it says direction. Direction. You ever have somebody say to you, Read the directions. <laughs> when all else fails, read the directions. God has been kind enough to give us his wonderful word that we might have good directions. What? Good directions doesn't save you. You need to get saved so that from the inside out he writes his directions on the fleshy tables of your hearts. That's what Paul said. And so, The new birth is is different, but the law wakes us up. The directions of God that we have missed the directions and gone our own way and gone astray, that that reminds us of how much we need to get saved and how we need to be born again. The law doesn't save us, but meditating on God's law brings us closer to Jesus because we realize that we're missing the directions and not following the directions. Now that's, That's part of the picture. But a root word is underneath this word Torah that supports the word Torah. In other words, it's a picture. Yara is the other Hebrew word. So Yara and Torah are the background words that that are giving us directions. It's talking to us about the law. David loved directions. Why? Because he loved the director. He said, the Lord is my... Shepherd. What does a shepherd do? Gives directions. <laughs> right? I love my Jesus. He is my shepherd. Amen? He is shepherding me. I have surrendered to him. He is my Lord. He's my shepherd. He's my guide. Nothing wrong with that, is that? Oh, that's good. I love your law. That's why David loved the law, because he didn't think of it as something like a stick beating him on the head. He thought of it as God's loving direction for his life, because blessing comes when we obey the directions. I had a brand new car given to me one time. God blessed me with it. I thought, uh, somebody told me, the wise person says, change the oil every three months, every 3,000 miles or four. And I, but I read someplace you can get along on it with up to seven. Well, when the engine blew, <laughs> I had a change of mind. That's why the Bible says you should meditate day and night. That, that if you want to be blessed... You're, you take delight in the word, the directions of God. You take God's direction, and you feed on God's directions. You let it bathe your heart. Read the stories that show how people who didn't follow the directions got into trouble, and people how the stories of how people, when they did follow the directions, they were so wonderfully blessed. Like David, a man after God's own heart because he was wanting to listen. When he stopped following directions, he had a terrible time. When he got back on obeying God's directions, he was blessed. Now, here's what's going to happen in your life when you don't follow bad advice, take a bad attitude, and take a bad approach to life by listening to the wicked's advice. You're going to be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Isaiah 61, 1 through 3 says that you will be the planting of the Lord when Jesus comes and the Spirit of God's upon him and the anointing and, and he'll bring the gospel to the poor and uh, and it goes on in that chapter to say, you will be the planting of the Lord. And you know what? When you listen with all your heart to God's direction, God does something, he gets a hold of your life and he plants you into the directive influences of the streams of living water, of the streams of the Spirit working in your life in a wonderful way. That's what I want to be. I want to be like this tree, planted, not like a tumbleweed. Tumbleweed is up one day and down the next. A tumbleweed anchors for a little bit, and uh, uh, it's not so windy, and so it puts down the little itty bitty roots, uh, and then, then the wind and the trouble and the storm comes along, and it rolls along someplace else. I want to be like a tree, and uh, really, in the scriptures, God speaks of Himself as the root. And of uh, of our support. and, And he's the source of our nourishment. And you'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. There's four Ps I want to give you. Well, number one, you'll start being solid and not blown around by every bit of advice and wind of doctrine. Amen? Secondly, that brings forth its fruit in its season. You will be productive. You'll bring forth fruit. That brings forth its fruit in its season. You want more love. You you feed on the word of God. And the anointing of the Holy Spirit on the word of God. Sheds the love of God abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. The fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy. You need more joy. The more you're rooted in God. You will bring forth the fruit of joy. In the face of sorrow. In the face of upset. The joy of the Lord is not dependent on happenings. That's happiness. The fruit of the Spirit, joy, is based on the presence of God in your life in the face of trial. That's joy, the joy of the Lord that sustains you when you're down, uh, when you have other reasons to be down and discouraged. You guys are such good listeners, I'm liable to preach too long. You better ring a bell when it's time to quit. Okay, I don't know when I started. So... Well, you don't want to be here all afternoon. There's food somewhere down the line. (laughs) Somebody said amen, and that's my heart. That's my heart exactly. Okay, you'll be like a tree planted and solid. Number two, you will be bringing forth fruit. You'll be productive in the kingdom of God. We're not here just to make a living so we can raise our kids and send them to college so they can make a living so they can send their kids to college so they, they can make a living. You know. You know. We're here for the glory of God. God made us to bring glory to God. He made us to reproduce and bring other people to Christ. He made us as a church to be radiant lights in a dark world. And so, so we're we are called to produce Amen. Amen. We're called to to be attractive. Make the gospel attractive. Amen. And so we're uh, brings forth. You meditate on the word of God and not on what the world thinks. Yeah. Sometimes you can get so into Fox News. It helps me to really get perspective. I like Fox News kind of. I mean it. I, I want to have a good perspective. I think it's it's supposed to be fair, fair and balanced. And there's other news. There's there's public news and the, the TV, public TV and there's other stuff. And you know, you can get into that until you're just almost crazy with upset and about the world. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. There's mansions up ahead and we're going to live in a world that's sinful. We live here and we're the little flock. And, uh, And why should we go around worrying about who's this and who's that and what the new policy is? I think you ought to vote. I think you ought to know what to do. But you ought to have your mind resting in God, in the Word of God, lifting up your head. He said trouble will be in the last days. I think we're getting pretty close. But lift up your heads, your redemption draws nigh. The real issues of the kingdom of God are about to take place. We're, we're serving God, and to be absent, someday we're going to die. So just live as people that are filled with God and filled with God's Word. Well, I got off track. It's a good track, but it's off track. Its leaf does not wither. Its leaf does not wither. He'd be like a tree planted, producing, and protected. His leaf shall not wither. Uh, what gets to trees? Anybody work with trees? What what gets to the leaves? Yeah, well, the, the leaves. What gets to the leaves? Well, oh, too much. Well, the sun can get to it. A drought, drought. Can, yeah, how about frost? I went to church and they and the pastor didn't say hi to me. Huh? He was talking to somebody else, and I, I give a lot to this church. Well, you know what? You can get bugged by that, or you can get frostbite, cold shoulder, can bother you. Bugs can eat on you. Things that in this world, you can let the news wear you down. I think you ought to know the news. I'm not knocking the importance of being aware of what's going on. I'm just simply saying, soak your soul in the good news so you can handle properly the bad news. Amen? Is that all right? And so, don't let your leaves wither. Don't get bugged and frostbite and get the drought of things getting you down. If you've got that good nourishment of God and the word of God and the good direction of God flowing into your life, you you won't get bugged and, and you won't get frostbite and you won't... Get disease, disease can hurt the the leaves. And one other thing it says here, that everything you do will prosper. Whatever you do will prosper. God wants you to prosper. In the most dark days of Israel, Daniel prospered. Isn't that good news? He prospered, he just lived for God. You know, if he'd have kept his mouth shut, he wouldn't have gone into the lion's den. Some people say you ought to pray quietly and not be so noisy well Daniel knew that it that it's important to call upon the Lord I I don't get to be here very often I got to get everything in I can (laughs) (laughs) so no I'm not going to do that to you but but you know what God wants you to prosper he wants your life to be victorious and radiant and happy in God and, and uh, add the peace of God in your heart. And all of that is really prosperity in the kingdom of God. The wicked are not so. They're like tumbleweeds. They're like chaff. You eat popcorn. Pretty soon you're doing this. Yeah. Picking the chaff out of your, out of your teeth. Right? You don't like chaff. You don't keep it and chew it up. <laughs> right? You don't want the chaff. The chaff is useless. They winnow the grain to get the chaff off of it. It's not it's not productive for healthy eating. It's the it's it's what you might call it's wasted. And the wicked are are wasting their lives. They're like chaff. The wind blows them around like tumbleweed. They're not rooted by the river of waters, bringing forth fruit. Leaf not withering, prospering in every way. But uh, the ungodly, the wicked, are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Troubles in the wicked, the unsaved, they don't realize this. They make terrible choices because they're not following God's direction they they marry without thinking it through or they they uh, they make jo- uh, try to try to do jobs without getting training or, or they just make bad choices many times and there's some that can't do that and i realize that but but i mean they can't get the kind of training that others can but they they're unwise and so they make the ungodly and the wicked make bad choices and, and then they are like tumbleweeds. They're from one thing to the other and their life is not stable. But the Bible says that God, after you have suffered a while, will establish, strengthen, and settle you. God wants to settle his people and give them a solid place in the kingdom of God so they, so they live out their life in Christ in a way They go through their trials, they make their mistakes, and they rise up, and people see that they're in the ungodly see in the Christian how they handle sorrow, how they handle pain, how they go through life's trials that everybody goes through, and they rise up. Your pastor, I haven't known him very long, but I've never seen him stop smiling. (laughs) There's a joy in him that's so attractive, and he's brought joy and strength to many of you because of the, the joy and sweetness of Christ in him that I found that we had a wonderful time of fellowship yesterday. And, but the wicked, the unsaved are miserable about this and miserable about that and unhappy and, and troubled and going here and going there and, and always seeming in a turmoil. The Bible says the wicked are like the troubled sea that brings up froth and you get near the seashore in some places and it's just junk coming in off the ocean. But it's so much better to follow God's way. The ungodly are not so, they're like the chaff which the wind drives away. The, the wicked are not going to stand in the judgment. And this is the most serious part of this. There's going to be a judgment day. And if you're not following God's advice, and it's sweet advice, it's good advice, and you're not listening to God's word, and you're not giving your life to Christ, you're giving away your eternity. The Bible says, "God so loved the world, He gave His Son, that whoever believes in Him would not perish." God doesn't want the wicked are going to perish when the judgment comes. They won't stand in the judgment, and they won't be in the congregation of the righteous. The righteous are going to heaven. The Bible says, without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. We not only need to get born again and forgiven, we need to get born again and live the new, the new birth out by the power of the Holy Spirit. Somebody say, man, I think that's a good truth. Is it not? It's God's way for us. The Lord, the good news is, the Lord knows those that are his. He knows the way of the righteous. He knows you. You know, he knows you struggle sometimes. He knows that sometimes it's not always the fruit of the Spirit showing up. He knows that then you get back to him and you say, Lord, forgive me. Cleanse me. We walk in the light as he is in the light. The blood of Jesus is constantly cleansing us, the Bible says. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin. And the counsel of the Lord is to confess your sins. Get alone with God. Make things right with God. If you're not saved here today, you can make things right with the Lord. You can start listening to his, his first advice is, come to me. All of you that weary and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Get in the yoke with Jesus. He can help you pull the load. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. Learn my directions. Memorize my directions. Follow my ways. You'll be like a tree. Planted. Producing. Protected. Prospering. The Lord knows the way of the righteous but the way of the ungodly will perish. Our Father, we pray, O Lord God, that we may have a heart to listen to your word, to listen to your directions, to follow your ways. When you, dear Lord, say, go here, we want to go there. When you, dear Lord, say, stop, we want to see the stop signs from heaven. We want to learn your ways. We want to walk in them. Save us, dear Lord, from going our own way. May we return in every way to you to do your will in
0: Jesus' name. Amen. Stay here for a minute. Bonnie, I want you to come join me. some ways we should uh, celebrate a couple things. This church started in the 30s, um, building, I see a stone, it says 1959, whatever we do gets built on what others have done. And so when we say good things are happening in our group, um, this is part of the reason. And Mm -hmm. so we celebrate that and appreciate you too for that. But also, um, you know, to hear the testimony of God's faithfulness over 52 years and to finish in a a way that just uh, saying this was wonderful and awesome uh, that's another testimony of God's faithfulness so what I'd like you to do is let's stand and just give him a hand and say thank you for your (laughs) investment do appreciate the investment you made here and all that's been done. Thank you today.